Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. Families of children with the Autism Spectrum Diagnosis, or ASD, often report high levels of stress. When a child receives an autism diagnosis, it affects every member of the family in different ways. With the primary focus now being shifted on helping the child with ASD, this may put stress on marriages, siblings, work, finances, and responsibilities. So much time and very often dollars are shifted towards finding treatments for the child and other priorities are minimized or even often excluded. On today's episode, someone that knows firsthand about stress surrounding a diagnosis is autism mom Chandra Payton. She's the incredible mother to not one, not two, but three sons that are all on the autism spectrum. Hi, Chandra. Hi, how are you? Yes, stress. When there's a family member or in any situation that the family has to pay attention and take care of these people and that you love them out of the kindness of your heart. You love these people, of course, and naturally you're going to want to protect and take care of them. And oftentimes there's so much attention being directed to the care of this person that, you know, sometimes the other parts of your life get neglected and it causes stress it causes emotional deficit basically and you feel guilty often because you're saying to yourself I should not to go to the park and take a walk by myself or have an ice cream whatever it is that you do to relieve stress and you're sacrificing it you know you feel bad a lot now the husband and the wife is already sacrificing as parents we sacrifice for our children but it's double when you have children that are on the spectrum and the spectrum is so puzzling it's not one thing there are different behaviors that pop out over a period of time and Mm -hmm. and after you get used to one behavior and you think you got this thing you know here comes another that's true well you know Chandra you know you have two sons that are 13 twin boys and then you have a 10 year old son and all of them being on the autism spectrum you know maybe kind of describe when you and your husband first received the diagnosis of the twins kind of describe what both of you guys were going through the the stress that automatically started maybe even before you actually had the diagnosis Wow, that moment in time, I will never forget. And most parents uh, probably won't. But when my husband and I found out about our children, my I literally let out a scream that only dogs could hear. My heart was broken and it was just it was just awful. I was very depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, my my husband didn't know what to do. He was very depressed as well and it took my mother to say to me and this is what really helped and this is a great thing about family members and loved ones it took my mother to say listen they are not invalid they are healthy otherwise they can walk they can do all of these things they are alive and they are your children 
and what are you going to do? And that just, that really uplifted me and my husband and snapped us out of it. But yeah, it impacted us. I made a vow to make sure that we take care of these children to the fullest and prepare them to be independent and prepare them to be productive people in, in society and not live in a living scares me. You know, I'm not saying that all assisted living situations are terrible, but if you can do something as parents to teach them so that they can be independent, why not? Why would you want to give up? Right. And I think your statement about it's when the moment that you receive that diagnosis, you're right. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I felt like I had been hit by a Mack truck. There's so much devastation around it. And I think there's so many emotions that you feel and it's a grieving process, really. You know, there is definitely depression and so much sadness and anger. And then think as a parent, you just kind of snap out of it and you're like, okay, well, I have to do something about it. And it's an urgency. Yes. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. When you find those people like, you know, your mother and and my mother for sure, you know, family members, friends that can come together and kind of support, I think that's really imperative. It's so crucial in in helping to deal with the stress. You know, one of the, the stresses is on a marriage. You know, so much time and, and effort is being put into caring for this child or children that have the diagnosis. Explain to me a little bit about how stress has kind of affected your marriage. Well, it affected us. Oh, my goodness. It, it did a weird thing to us. It motivated us to think a lot about the children, but we don't do a lot of the things that we used to do, you know, because we have to sacrifice that time and those moments because our children need. It's affected us, whereas we're not able to go out as much, but we attribute it honestly, and I'm not trying to deflect the fact that stress does exist greatly, but the way we process it, we just take care of our children naturally yes you can't go out as much when you have children that's normally functioning children or not the point is we've never known our children to be any other way right in my marriage right now I even said even if, if my husband and I were to not be together for whatever reason, we are still going to take care of these children. I said, if I moved out, I'm moving across the street. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, you know, um, yeah, it's affected our marriage to the point that the marriage is a priority but our children are our first priority. Well, and I if think that makes any sense. No, I think that makes absolute sense. I think that at least you guys are both dedicated, you know, to these children. It's not just you, it's not just your husband. It's the both of you kind of as teammates working together for one common goal, and that is to see your children be healthy be happy and and just support them no matter what they're your kids no matter what yeah That's they're your right. blood got to do that you got to do that 
with these you with these children. You you got to you got to dedicate. If you do not take care of your children, normally functioning, or children who are on the spectrum, or whatever ch- special needs condition your child is, if you do not do it now, then we'll do it for you later. Right. Yeah. You know, I, if you mm-hmm. do not teach them. And and I don't care if you're doing it over and over, which is what you have to do with these children. You have to continuous same things over and over in order for them to get it. If you got to do that, then you got to do that. Sure, there, it's logic. Like what? What else are you gonna do? You know? And I think you know. There's. I mean going back to kind of the marriage thing, you know, I think it could even make marriages stronger, right? Because you guys are working together so hard to make sure that something happens. I think there's a very deep level of understanding and compassion that you can feel towards your teammate to make sure that your kids are cared for. You know, one of the other things that can be stress is, is work. I'm a single parent. A lot of times, you know, I'm a working mother, so I have the responsibilities of not only taking care of my child, but also putting food on the table. <laughs> and, yes. you know, there are times when Alex has had to miss school for whatever reason, whether it's being sick or, you know, what, but as a, as a single mother, and especially a single mother to a child with special needs, sometimes there's a lot of stress that's put into work schedules as well. That's- Absolutely. Absolutely. I it, Look at this. When you have children on the spectrum, you have these phone calls that come in randomly from the school that your child is not happy right now and acting out or, or, or she has thrown a tantrum and you need to come and pick them up. So now you're dealing with a situation where the school will literally expel that child. They, mm. they will have a meeting and send that child, which has been my experience. They will have a meeting, and before you know it, your child is in another school. You know, I've dealt with suspensions and, mm. and everything. And when you're working, thank God, once again, it, I work for myself. I design mm-hmm. clothes. I have my own business. And it's not a big business. It's not. But I know if I work for someone, that would put a lot of stress. I it, I would probably get fired. And oftentimes, that's what happens. You're worried every time you go out the door to work and send your child to school that once again, you'll get that phone call. One time, we got the, that call every day. For two months straight. And this was in 2017, in the fall of 2017. Now, I homeschool my kid because these behaviors come out of nowhere, and you can't just tell the school, oh, I can't come because this is the third time I had to take off and got to go and address that. So what happens? Now there's the financial stress. Absolutely. You know, now you're in a situation where you have to explain to your landlord, the light bill people, you need payment agreements. Like it becomes a great big ball of financial debt and stress because you're caring for 
a child on the spectrum. Might I add, I have three sons yes. on the spectrum, and only uh, one of the twins, I don't get that call about. One of the twins, I got it all the time. Imagine. Sure. We are on, we have the Michelle P. waiver that we are dealing with, and that helps to relieve stress. The children have medical coverage, and they're receiving social security, so their financial is not a million dollars by no means. Sure. But it, it helps them. These children, oh my goodness, they need weighted vests. It's a lot of stuff that your insurance will not cover. That's true. You know? Like, what are you going to do? You got to work. Like, you got to bring in some type of income. However, these children and their behaviors change at the drop of a dime. And by the time you've gotten used to one way and now you're like, okay, I can go back to work. Everything is good. Now he's, they're doing that you're getting a call about it's it is I mean it says what are we gonna do yeah as far as the financial you know stress of it for sure you have not only the work aspect that can be you know and of course every family is different but you know I always say it's it doesn't matter if your kid is high functioning or low functioning it doesn't matter there's stress in all of it from the financial aspect just outside of work alone you know just speaking to health insurance you know medical insurance there's so many needs that some of these kids have I know that when Alex was first diagnosed at the age of two and a half. Our doctor said, now with intensive treatment, we have a belief that by the time he starts school, he will be absolutely mainstream and hopefully indistinguishable. Oh, really? But, yes. And so. Is that a miracle pill? You need to give the doctor. Ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it's, and every child is different. And when, at, especially at that age, at two and a half, when they receive a diagnosis, you really have no idea. The doctor really has no idea what the prognosis of this child is going to be because that can change. I mean, my child, Alex, was perfectly developing and hitting every single milestone until Uh he was around 18, 20 months old and then started regressing. So yes, before your eyes, before my eyes, he started seeing things. Yeah. I, I thought that I'm serious. That is so key. I've never heard anyone else say that. I thought it was just me. No, I thought it was just me because I saw them progressing I saw them making sounds, bowel noises, and things like that, and then I saw it go backwards. It was like that uh, Brad Pitt movie, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was, my husband and I talked about it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah that regression before your eyes, and that's why you start to mourn them, mourn the person that you saw them to become. Right. And then they became somebody else you had to get to know all over again. Yes, and continue. You know, it's a day-to-day thing. And for us, when we received the, the diagnosis, one thing that was recommended to us by the doctors was something that, you know, you hear quite often of ABA therapy. That stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis. And uh-huh. for us, that has been, quote, unquote, the miracle pill that you're talking about. But 
But again, every state is different. Some states are more autism aware than others. Some insurance companies are better than others. And I won't mention any insurance companies on here. We have had some doozies and we've had some great ones. So the financial stress of all of that is when you really have a doozy of an insurance provider whether, you know, what they deem to be medical necessity, how many hours of therapy uh-huh. your child receives. And so at one yeah. point one point in time, we were expecting to pay $3,000 a week for what? therapy. And wow. that is not sustainable by any means. And kind of on a flip side, to, to show you how financial relief can come when we did find a great insurance provider that really got us, we uh-huh. went to paying $20 a day. That was huge for us. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. that came with a lot of time spent on the phone working the insurance system. There was probably a two-month period when we were switching insurance providers that I was on the phone for two to three hours a day speaking to someone about services for Alex. And it really got to the point where, by the grace of God, I found the direct line of the CEO for this insurance company and called him. And within five minutes, got a call back from his assistant asking me how they could help. By the end of that night, my son had services. It really, that kind of looking at the stress of responsibilities, when I was spending two to three hours on the phone with insurance companies, there were other responsibilities or priorities that had kind of been pushed to the back burner. I, I still had, there were dishes in the sink. You, yeah, you naturally prioritize. It gets like that, and that's what mama bears do. Yes. You know, that's what... That's what we do. It's nothing. It comes natural. Yeah, we do get stressed out about it. We, Of course, it's, you know, my dishes, like you were saying, like me, I like to get my nails done and my hair done. <laughs> like, you <laughs> yeah. know, but you're going to come to a point where you will have respite workers. There are services available that you get to hire respite workers through his insurance company. Mm-hmm. And even if it's for like 30 minutes a week, you get to go food shopping or do something or take that walk and buy yourself that ice cream. It does get better in time. I know your child is young, but I'm telling you, it gets better with time as far as the services and his needs are going to change as well which means you may need to supplement your insurance company give them something that they can't do like you know some of our children in addition to being autistic these children are stressed out too we're talking about us being stressed yes. out they're stressed out we look at that hence the puzzle right uh, piece because they can't communicate with us properly to express their needs. So let's talk about their stress. They may need a trampoline. Literally, they need to just go in the backyard, take their shoes off, and just jump up and down on the trampoline. And And then they may need one of those yoga balls, a bean bag if they have sensory issues. A lot of these 
characteristics and their behavior and their personality do not manifest themselves until years later. So we're constantly evolving as family members. And trust me, it gets easier. It it becomes like fluid, you know, um, not to say that you're so jaded to say, um, I've seen it all. Trust me, you have not seen it all (laughs) until one of your kids are sitting in the sink with water flowing all over the floor and bubbles. You don't have any more dishwashing liquid, you know, (laughs) so you have not seen it all, but you're constantly financially addressing those needs. And sometimes the insurance company is going to, if you put in a request for a trampoline, they're going to look at you like you, are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, I thought he needed a heart transplant. That's what we're here for. Right. And you want trampoline, but that trampoline can reduce his stress. Sure. And and also reducing the stress and his needfulness, his neediness. There are some things that he may need that are little things that would uh, provoke his independence. Sure. So he's not, oh, I can't communicate to mom that I need to use the bathroom and that's why I'm acting up and I don't want to go outside. It's not that I don't want to put my shoes on. I need to find my socks that match. There are things that we can do to provoke those independent skills. And some of those things are not on the autism characteristics and behaviors. They do not have a checklist at the insurance company. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think it comes down to, you know, we know our child better than anyone else. You're right. You know, insurance companies, medical providers, whatever, they have their checklist. The trampoline's not going to be on one of them, almost guaranteed. So it's going to take a lot of sacrifices on parents' side of things too, just time and emotional sacrifices. And yeah, you're right. You may not be able to get your hair done or your nails done one week, but you know what? Maybe you got the trampoline for your son and he's so much happier and less stressed because he's able to just relieve that tension by jumping. And that's something that sounds so simple, but yet does such great things for the child. Yes, yes. And look at mom. Her hair's not turning gray anymore. She doesn't need to go to the (laughs) You know, it's good for, it's a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I have so appreciated talking to you, and you are such, not only an incredible mother, but just an incredible person. I see amazing things for your family and your three sons are very lucky and blessed to have you be their mother. And I'm so glad that you're a part of this tribe. And I thank you very much for having me on your platform. And once again, you and I first talked, I had told you this platform is so wonderful, but I'd like to salute you, Susan, for even having the mind to provide this sort of platform. Let's start talking about it. You know, let's get those voices louder, as you said. That's right. We're really one voice that's made stronger. So in conclusion, there are some simple ways that you can manage some of these stressful times. Number one, involve members of your tribe and create a network of help and understanding. 
Number two, get organized. Focus on getting one thing done at a time and establish family routines. Everyone's in it together, right? And number three, look after yourself. This is so easy to forget, but it's important that all family members, including yourself, have time to do things that make them happy. And most of all, know that it's normal to feel a range of emotions. Shock, sadness, anger, denial, loneliness, and acceptance. This is the grieving process. So whatever your feelings, it's important that you recognize them and acknowledge that they are a-okay. So keep up the great work and know that your tribe has your back.